Welcome to the history of the band Six Shooter, as remembered by Dave Jackson. March 1st, back at the Spur. The band begins their four-week stint at the Tangled Spur. This has been advertised on local radio stations like K105. It's kind of cool hearing your name mentioned on the radio. This gig, the band is Sethless due to a prior commitment. And while he's only been with the band a short period, it seems weird playing without him. Also, there are many songs we've now not practiced that are now added to the set list. Dave adds a few extended solos to the evening and we make our way through the night. Dave tries to talk to Kevin and John about the severity of booting Lee and how we really haven't heard his side of the story. They seem to think his calling John was his side of the story. They are set on firing him. And Dave feels we're going to live to regret not thinking this through. It's going to put us back a few weeks at minimum. And I guess in the long run, it may be for the best. Using some of the new toys, the band sound is coming along nicely. For the first time in a while, Dave can really hear his vocals on stage which lets him concentrate on his playing. The crowd is pretty decent size for the Tangled Spur, but not much in the way of getting rowdy. In the case of Dave, he seems to be going through the motions despite a full night's sleep. He needs to add a few new licks to his arsenal. He's kind of boring himself on stage. In his opinion, while he's not playing bad, there doesn't seem to be much feel in his playing. The usual screw-up, shall we say, happened, but they're at a minimum. And the band was pretty on, but for the Tangled Spur, they were pretty calm. The night comes off pretty well, well, except for John pressing the wrong button in the middle of a song, unleashing an unbelievably loud feedback signal. Dave and Chris get detained on their way back to Kevin's as they take a detour to avoid the usual riots on Cleveland Avenue, only to have their path blocked by traffic as a policeman pulls over a car in the middle of an intersection. The band is really tired by the end of the night. Will the Spur always be a nice place to fall back on? I believe we will be ready to move on to another spot by the end of the month. This will be a learning experience, and I I think we will know why we originally decided only to play a maximum of three weeks a month. March 8th, round two at the Spur. The band is back with Seth intact. And hey, it's Chad, the stomping machine's birthday. Happy birthday! We announced that it is his 22nd birthday, when in reality, it's his 21st. Thus, he's been illegal all these months, which kind of makes all the crap we gave Maria completely unfair. Musically, the night is okay. Our tempo was all over the place, and... John has moved over to John's side and has a hard time hearing his guitar. It's going to be really nice when we play places big enough to afford a sound guy. It's turned very cold, and it has effects on numerous people. Both Maria and Kevin aren't feeling good to the point where Maria leaves in the middle of the night. Dave and Seth take over on stage as Kevin takes a break to make sure Maria gets home all right. By the end of the night, we're all just glad to have made it through the night. Lee shows the tact of Jimmy Swaggart and announces that the Perky Party, who usually have a table reserved for them, isn't there this week. Lee loudly states, maybe they're down at the Red Dog because they're sick of hearing Six Shooter. What, what, what? How stupid can you get? 
March 10th, Ron the Super Drummer. Seth knows a drummer with a superb sound system. That aside, when the guy comes over and plays a drum set he's never even seen without adjusting it, and then plays songs he hasn't played in a while, he totally kicks Lee's ass. Not only did we finally get to hear the Grundy County Auction the way it's supposed to sound, but he sang the song while he played this impressive drum part. As the song says, sold. Unfortunately, Ron is currently filling in for two bands, and he did not want to join. He seems to really like being a fill-in drummer. He couldn't join until June. (laughs) Now the hard part, playing with Lee again after hearing Ron, the super drummer. March 11th, Jack Beam is in retirement. Dave calls an acquaintance of his that was previously in the band Phoenix. His band is broken up, and unfortunately, when Dave gets a hold of him on the phone, Jack informs Dave that he is out of the business. This is too bad, as Dave had heard Jack play briefly and knows that Jack is very talented. Jack is interested in coming down and jamming, but admits that he does not want to join a band. That's depressing. March 15th, round three at the Spur. The band is musically having a good night. Dave has his guitar up in volume on stage, and everyone seems to appreciate being able to hear him. Dave is excited that his brother is coming to tonight's show. The band butchers Happy Birthday as they play it for Mary, Connie, and Caroline. Happy Birthday! The band is beginning to reap the benefits of the radio play as it's pretty full early in the evening. At the bar, Lee remarks, He's not getting paid first-rate pay. He doesn't do first-rate work. Lovely. You get nothing! The meter and overall quality of his playing is awful. Granted, we had our usual missed chords and flub lyrics, but Lee stopped when he wasn't supposed to and sped up a slow song so much, Seth finally turned around and said, Slow it down. The crowning touch to Lee's escapades was at the end of the night when a bard patron asked us if we knew the Garth Brooks song Shameless, a song we've actually spoke about learning. When he explained that we didn't know it, but plan on learning it in the future, she seemed slightly bummed that we wouldn't know it by next week. Lee then added to the customer, you better get on your knees and pray for a miracle if you want the band to learn new songs Yelza. this man has the tact of oj simpson upon hearing this later the band wanted to fire him on the spot as a joke dave starts his stopwatch as the money gets into lee's hands it takes lee four minutes and nine seconds to get out the door there was no i've got to get up early see you later he just bolded dave mentions the rough road we have ahead Soon, we'll be working around two marriage ceremonies, a drummer change, and a lead singer moving to North Carolina at some point. Dave wants to make sure we're all on the same page and that we're going to stick it out and fill these positions as needed. He brings up the idea of having Jack Beam fill in as a temporary. He will fly this idea by Jack tomorrow. We need to get Lee out before he does more damage. Seth notes at a last resort, He could learn the drum parts and go keyboardless for a while until a drummer is found. What a guy. We all realize while that is an option, we would like to use that as a last resort. 
March 16th, Dave begs Jack to become a temp. Dave calls Jack Beam again. When Dave explains that if we all knew up front that he was not there forever, he was just there until somebody, you know, permanent came along. Well, Jack is not saying yes, but he's not saying no. He wants to talk to the band and see the situation. Dave calls Kevin and they are both disgusted by Lee's remarks last night. It was very strange because in between each set, Lee sat alone at a table and talked to no one. In our next episode, it's the last of the four gigs at the Tangled Spur and things get a little weird. Subscribe at our website and pick up a t-shirt. It's historyofsixshooter.com. <laughs>